How wonderful it is, as Bonnie said, to be in the house of the Lord this morning, to worship our God, to give honor and glory to Him, to ask petitions do this morning. I hope you'll find the things that I have to say are the truth and come from the Word of God, because that's my intent, to do those things that we see in the Scriptures. As most of you who have been coming regularly on Sunday morning, we've been going through the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, as it says here, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against there is no law. My topic this morning is goodness. But I wanted to say something about the fruits of the Spirit. Against such there is no law. You know, there's no law against loving something or having joy or peace. People admire you if you've got patience, long-suffering. They admire you if you're not hot-tempered, you're gentle. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are all great things. Those are all good things that you and I as Christians should strive to have. And there is no law against those. It doesn't make any difference whether you're a Christian or you're out in the world. If a person out in the world is uh, loving, people respect that. It's, there is no law in these things. But you and I as Christians need to strive to embed these into our lives, to grow in these things, because they're not necessarily easy or natural, but we need to work at them. So let's talk about goodness. Back when Moses was up on the mountain, Sinai, the second time, he asked God, he said, God, please show me your glory. I want to see the glory of God. What did God say? He said, I will make my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I be gracious. I will be compassionate on whom I will have compassion. God shows his glory through the goodness he's done for man. You and I need to show the glory of God through the goodness we do. We are children of his, and through us, through goodness, through things we do that are good and right, we show the glory of God. It is part of His plan. In 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 31st verse says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, none offense, neither to the Jew nor the Gentiles nor the church of God, even as I Please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You and I are to stand up into the world and show the glory of God through the good things we do. It's part of what God planned. Romans 15 and 1 said, We then who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves, lest each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but it is written, The reproaches of those who reproached you, you fell on me. You and I need to do good for others, not for the sake of ourselves, but to help others that may be weak. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. Now I mentioned this already, but you and I as Christians... As children of God, we are called to do good works. It's a very important part of what we should be. We read in Ephesians, the second chapter there in the eighth verse, For by grace 
You have been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. We're not saying that we do good works because that saves us. We do good works because we want to because we are children of God. Lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Have you ever thought about that? God, for thousands of years, worked on the salvation of mankind through his son that died on the cross. And in doing so, he established we are created in, Je in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. That's what we as Christians are made to do. You remember the account back in Acts, the fourth chapter? We had some of the disciples, Peter being one of them, they were going up to the temple and there was a man crippled, a beggar, and he was asking for alms. And Peter reached out and took a hold of him and in Jesus Christ's name, he healed him. And Peter said this to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he had been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. Why was the good deed done? Who did the good deed? It wasn't Peter. He said, it's the man you crucified. It's the Son of God that did this good deed. You and I do good deeds. Now, we probably aren't going to go out and heal a, a, a crippled man on the street. But whatever we do is a good deed. Let us remember that we're doing it because God wants us to and in the name of His Son. We are to be that messenger of good works to the world. Remember the parable of the sower, where the sower threw the seeds? In the last part of that, it says... But others fell in good grounds and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. You and I are the good seed. You and I that serve God are His children. We are that good seed, and we need to bring forth fruit. It's a requirement. We need to work at it. Now, some people may be better than others, 130, 160, and 30, but that doesn't mean that we need to sit and say, well, okay, I'm a Christian, so fine, I'm going to sit here. We need to work in our life to show the good seed that we are. In John, the fifth chapter, in the 26th verse, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And have given him authority to ex execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear thy, his voice, and shall come forth that they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Sometimes we make religion complicated. But it says here that the dead are going to hear the voice, and they're going to come forth, and the people that have done good are going to be rewarded. And the people that have done evil have not. It's pretty simple. Which side of that do we want to be on? You and I as Christians should be known by our fruit. There are a lot of scriptures in, in the Bible that compares the works by fruit and by trees. But we need to be known by our fruit. You know, think about Job in the first chapter in the eighth verse. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? He said, Satan, have you looked at Job? I like him. 
in the 29th chapter there in Job, and I, Job's not bragging here. Job, I believe, is lamenting that he couldn't do what he used to do because of the maladies that Satan had put on him. But listen to what Job said. He said, when the, when the ear heard, then it blessed me. And when the eye saw it, then it approved to me. You know, he said, when someone came to me and said, I, I learned by, by hearing, someone came to me and said, this man over here needs your help. I was blessed because why? I did it. I did whatever needed to be done. And he said, when my eye saw it, when I saw myself that someone needed help, when I did it, I approved myself. I made myself feel better. It gave witness to me. That's what it says in the King James Version. It made me blessed because I did what was good when I saw it. Because I delivered the poor who cried out, the fatherless and the ones who had no helper. Job did a lot of good things. I love the 13th verse. The 13th verse says, the blessings of a perishing man came upon me. Now, how do you get blessed by a person who's dying? This dying man came to Job. And Job said, I was blessed because he came to me. And I believe the reason that he says that is because that man asked him to take care of his wife. Because it says in the next part of that scripture, it says, I put, I put on cause the widow's heart to sing for joy. Back in those days, women normally did not work outside of the house and they had no way to make income. And when their husbands died, if they didn't have a family that would take care of them, they were poor and destitute. They didn't have social security. So when a person's husband died, it was critical to the, to the wife. And what does it says here? The man said he was perishing, dying, and Job said it blessed me because I took care of his wife. I helped her out, gave her joy, and it blessed me. It says here, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and I was feet to the lame, and I was a father to the poor, Job went out, and he was doing all kinds of good things for people. Do we? But I think what's interesting here, we, we often say, we say in prayers, and we talk about, say, well, if the opportunity exists, maybe I can do good for that person. Or if the opportunity exists, and I see somebody that needs something to be done, I have the heart to do it. We, we've heard that prayer, and we've probably said those things, and those are good. But you know what Job did? He said, I searched out the case that I did not know. He went looking for something to do good. He went out trying to find good to do. Not just because opportunity was there, but I want to. And he searched out what he could do. No wonder God said, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. What a wonderful thing it would be to have the heart of Job and to be like Job. Galatians 6 and 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. There's no such thing as getting weary in doing good. He's, he warns us against it. He said, well, you know, I helped somebody this morning, so I'm good for the rest of the day. Or I can ignore that because, you know, I've been pretty good. I've been helping other people yesterday or last week. We don't want to be weary in well-doing, even though sometimes we do things and it's not appreciated. But who cares? We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it because God asks us to do it because we want to do it for Him. 
So even if it is not received well, it's what you and I need to do. We need to be good. I like the letter to Philemon. It's just the one chapter. Just to remember what happened there, Onesimus, his slave, ran away. Somehow he ended up in Rome. Somehow he ended up being a Christian. Somehow he ended up working for Paul and helping Paul. And Paul wrote Philemon and he said, I am sending him back, Onesimus. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart. Receive him as he is mine. Whom I wish to keep with me that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. He says, I really want him to stay here and help me. He's been a great help. But he owes you something. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. He says, I sent Onesimus back to him, and you receive him like he is me, my heart. And he said, I want you to do what is right to him, and I don't want you to do a good deed because I've told you to do it, or because it's compulsory, but I, I want you to do it because you want to do it. What good does it do for us to do good deeds if the reason we're doing it is because God says we have to? What good does it do for us to do good deeds if we say, well, if I don't do that, Jesus will not be pleased with me. It's not a have to, it's a want to. And that's what he was telling Philemon. For, you know, we find in 1 Corinthians 13, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profiteth me nothing. What good does it do to do good deeds if the only reason you're doing it is because you think you have to? That's not being a child of God. I'm going to change topics just a little bit. Because, yes, we do good deeds and those are things that we do. But you and I as Christians need to strive to be good. We need to strive to be morally good, spiritually good. We need to work at having a good moral life here on this earth. Jesus said in Luke, the 11th chapter, in the 34th verse, the lamp of the body is the light. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which you are in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the brightness shineth of a lamp gives you light. In today's modern times, you can get on the internet and you can find some disgusting things to look at. You can get on the internet and find all kinds of pornography and things you shouldn't be watching. And you know what happens? That fills your heart with darkness. And Jesus said, you don't want that. You want to have light. You want to be good. Well, they didn't have social media and they didn't have the internet back in the day. But they were human, and they had these thoughts. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filteredness, nor foolish talking, nor gesturing, jesting which are not convenient, but rather give giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolatry hath any inheritance in the kingdom of, of Christ of God and God. If we're going to fill our hearts and our minds with filth, if we're going to do things that are evil, 
and dark, then we don't have any life in us. And it says here, we're never going to end up in the kingdom of God. He's not going to accept us. So you and I need to strive to be a good person. Not just what the world thinks is a good person, but a good person spiritually that we read about in the scriptures. He continues there in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and says, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But not ye, therefore, partakers of them. Be not ye partakers of them. For ye were sometimes darkened, but now ye light in the, of the Lord walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, providing what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful world works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We need to stay away from the things in the world. We live in the world, but that doesn't mean that we have to embrace them. Instead, we need to be good. We need to strive to be the moral good person that God wants us to be and not participate in the evil things of this world. We need to strive to be good, to do what is right in, the si- in God's sight, what God thinks we should be doing. You know, back there in Matthew, the 25th chapter, where we find the talents where the master was going to leave and he left one servant five talents, one servant two talents, one servant one talent. And when he came back, you know what, if you read there, it's exact same words basically about the five talent and the two talent. What did he say to them? It says there, and so he that hath received five talents came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Was he praising him because he took that five talents and gave it to the poor? Or he took that five talents and helped somebody that was crippled or needed help that way no he praised him for doing good why because he increased his talent let's talk about talents as things we can do you and I all have talents but if we just sit on our laurels what good does it he wasn't praised because he used the five talents or the money to help other people he was praised because he went out and increased his ability in this case money but in our case talents we need to not be stagnant. We need to grow so that when the last day comes, we can have him say thy good and faithful servant. We've taken what God has given us and we've done better with it. We've increased it. We have done what we could to make things better. There's always a choice. We are free-willed people. So let's choose to be good Now, why? Why choose to be good? Well, we choose to be good because we are God's children. As God's told Moses, he said, I'm going to show you my glory through my goodness. We are God's children. We need to show the the glory of God through our goodness because we are his sons and daughters of the Most High. Well, not only choose to be good, but let's choose to do good. We have opportunities, and sometimes we just don't do it. We're busy. We've got other things to do, or I don't want to get involved. We need to choose to do good instead of do evil. Again, to show the glory of God in us. It really doesn't make any difference where somebody really appreciates it. 
it doesn't really make any difference that they acknowledge what you do. God knows. And doing good is what you and I should be doing. As we end the lesson, I want to talk a little bit about the congregation, about more, I should have said the family of God. But we can talk about this congregation individually. I can't do anything to get you to heaven. And you can't do anything to get me to heaven from a standpoint of doing it for us. We have to do it ourselves. But the scriptures are very plain that it sure is a lot easier to work on going to heaven when you got other people that are working on going to heaven. Read here what it says now in Romans 15 chapter. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. This congregation, the people here, we need to admonish each other that we do good. And Timothy the second, uh, I'm sorry, I think that must be Titus. Titus the second chapter. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world, looking for the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify unto himself. What is he purifying himself of? His own special people, us, zealous for good works. Do you help each other become zealous for good works? Do you encourage people? Or when you see someone do something good, do you compliment them? Do you tell them it's a good thing you're doing? You and I ought to be zealous for good works, and we are a special people, and we need to help each other. Matthew 5 and 14 said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Does this congregation in this community have the reputation of doing good? Do we? We need to. People need to look at us and say, you know, that congregation is a good congregation. Why? Because they do good works. We need to let our light shine so people can see and it's not just so they can say, wow, look how good they are, but because they can say, look, they're good, let's join them. Let's be part of that group. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 22nd verse, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let's help each other. Encourage each other. Let's find something to do as a group. Find something to do with one another and say, let's go do this. It'll be good. We need to encourage each other. And finally, as we've said, we're called to do good works, Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are His, we're God's people. Workmanship. We are God's workmanship or His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's what we should be doing as Christians. It ought to be one of the fruits of the Spirit that we've been studying. I hope there's been something in the lesson to encourage you, to have you think a little bit about your Christian life. It is a custom that we offer an invitation for those that may have been sufficiently taught that wish to join this congregation in doing good works.
through confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repentance of our sins, and be washed away, wash our sins away in baptism. If there's someone subject to the gospel call, we ask you to come as we stand and sing two verses of the song selected.